Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. We impact others by our disobedience. You take others along with you. Sin is not a private thing, it's a communal thing. It impacts everybody around you. It impacted Sarah. I don't know how she felt in that harem. I don't know how many days and months that she may have been in there. But she knew she didn't belong to Pharaoh. She belonged to Abram. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Our sins are not only impacting our lives in a negative manner. When we sin, we are also affecting those around us and possibly future generations to come. Pastor Ed tells us that Abraham lost faith during the desert famine and went to Egypt against God's will. There he lied, claiming his wife was his sister, which led to her becoming one of Pharaoh's girls. His sin led him down roads which caused hurt for himself and others. When we go against God's will, we end up burying ourselves in sin we cannot escape without God. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message, When Faith Goes South. Building in faith. You know it's not right to date the unsaved. Those that don't know Jesus Christ and don't have the same values that you have. But there's a famine in the land. The choice is yours. Will you trust the promise? Will you believe God? Will you look at the right side of the coin when it's flipped up and say, I'll believe, I'll trust, I'll do it his way? Or will you say, I'm going to do it my way? Look at Abraham. You wouldn't have thought he would have failed in this area of his life. This was his strength. We know him as a man of faith. But it's interesting when you study the scriptures. You'll note this, oftentimes where people are strongest at, they are most vulnerable. Moses, in a moment of anger, loses his temper, yet the Bible calls him the meekest man who ever lived. Hmm. Peter is courageous. I'm willing to die with you, Lord. But you see him lose all of his courage and boldness, denying he ever knew the Lord. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. But look at the life he lived. It was filled with folly. It was marked by foolishness. Abraham, a great man of faith. Unguarded strength is a double weakness. Unguarded strength is a double weakness. Maybe your prayer life got you where you were. Don't neglect it. Keep it up. Maybe it was your ability to just be patient. And you could hang in there. If God gave you that wonderful fruit of the Spirit and you've developed it in your life, 
Keep on nurturing it. Maybe it was you knew and understood how much the word of God would give you strength. And you spent time in that book. You loved those pages. And now, what was the strength? Well, I've memorized it in the past. I don't need to stay in every day. I could just quote it in my mind. No. Maybe it was your simple faith. You had a simple child. And all of a sudden, whatever it may be, nurture, develop, and guard the strength that you have. Now, I don't know the process that Abram went through. I don't know when it went on in his mind, but I'm sure something went on like this. You know, uh, I could come up with a good strategy. I know how to handle myself. I lived in the Earl of Chaldeas. I lived in Haran and now in the land of Canaan. I'm getting to be a little bit of a world traveler. Egypt, ah, no problem. So he comes up with a strategy. Listen to it. Verses 11 to 13. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. Now, she's 65 years old at this time. I don't know what type of cosmetics they had back then. Maybe it was oil of delay. I don't know. But anyway, you know, I'm not making it, you know, you can be old and beautiful. I'll get into trouble here. But nevertheless, there Abram is. And he's about to give this plot to his wife. He says, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I'll be treated well for your sake. My life will be spared because of you. Abraham thinks up a strategy. Notice it's man-centered and not God-centered. When you begin to walk by sight rather than faith, the thoughts that you have are generally generated from an unregenerate heart. They're generated from the philosophy of the world. And here Abram is thinking of a strategy, how he could get away with this. And he tells a half-truth because Sarai is his half-sister, as it were. We find that later in Genesis in the 20th chapter. But he stretches this half-truth to cover a huge lie. Beloved, when we begin walking by sight rather than by faith, we begin having to live lies. We begin having to cover up and stretch the truth and cover our tracks. You can rationalize your behavior in a lot of ways. We do it right in church. There's Brother Sam coming. He asked me to pray for him last week. I forgot. Oh, Lord, bless Sam. Hey, Sam, I've been praying for you. (laughs) We can rationalize all sorts of things, little things and big things. We, We do it again and again. Well, Lord, I, I, you know, I'll give that extra tax money. I, I know I should declare this, but Lord, I'll give a port of, part of that, that 10% out of that, to missions. How small great people can be. How weak strong men can be. And how bad good people can be. Our only 
strength and sustenance and help is in God. It's not in ourselves. Abram becomes Abram the man of faith because of his relationship to God. If it were not for God, he would have been in obscurity. We'd never be talking about him today. Stuart Briscoe, a pastor, a preacher, was doing a series in the book of Genesis. And one of the men in this church came up and he was real excited about the series he was doing. And the man really had not been to church for years. And he said to Stuart Briscoe, um, I'm excited. I want to be involved in the church after my long time of absence. And the pastor said, why? He said, well, I love Genesis. I uh, said, well, what do you love about Genesis? He said, I like the stories about all those guys like Abram and Jacob. They're worse than me and it makes me feel good. Well, can you see in that picture? Look very carefully at it. Is a little bit of your journey there? Has a famine caused you to go to Egypt at times? Has your own mind rationalized going outside the will of God? Do you see some of his qualities in you? He could leave everything, but he couldn't trust everything with God. He could leave it all, but yet he didn't trust. See, when God is no longer the center of our lives, oftentimes it's self that's the center. And when you begin to live a life self-centered, you know what happens? Your life will go from bad to worse. Your life will go from bad to worse. Look at verses 14 and 16 in the scripture. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw she was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men servants and maidservants and camels. Here Abram is. And things are going to go from bad to worse. When you step outside of God's will and you begin making the plans for yourself and you begin doing it your way instead of his ways, watch what happens. Slowly but steadily, it gets worse. Now, I I could just picture Abram, the great man of faith in the land of Egypt, out of the will of God, out of the center of God's plan for his life. Have you ever been there? Notice in Egypt, we lose the victory and we become victims. Whenever you go into the world, you lose the victory and you become a victim. Uh, Life's going to get very complicated now for Abram. In 12, 14 to 16, it says this. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was a very beautiful woman. I could imagine this self-directed life is a life that's filled with confusion. A self-directed life leads to a wrong strategy for life. Sin makes life very complicated. He, He had this plan. You know, when we go down there, I'm a good bargainer. 
Man, I'll get us negotiating. Don't worry. They'll think I'm your brother. They'll negotiate a dowry, and it'll take a long time. And by the time we finish negotiations, we'll be off and back on our way to Canaan. It didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way. Now, I had an unholy thought at this point. Abram and Sarai had a problem having children. I wonder if it stemmed back to this. Maybe Sarah wasn't too comfortable with Abram after all the fiasco that she went through. I know it was more than that. But sin makes life very complicated. What is he going to do? She's in Pharaoh's house. That's his wife. She's a part of his harem now. Uh, He's supposed to be an example to all of those in his camp. Uh, What's happening? Sin does that to people. I still remember the phone call. I still remember the day Troy came into my office. His wife had left him. I said, Troy, what happened? He said she was going for counseling to a counselor who was an unbeliever, and he told her that she was to experience life. She was to do it her way. No thought about self-surrender. No thought about denial. No thought about her family. When she got involved with someone else, the marriage broke up. And I could still remember the horrible situation. She went from a beautiful woman with a wonderful family and a loving husband to living with one man after another man, and the last guy that she was living with was younger than her, and that guy wound up taking up with her daughter. What a confusing situation. Sin complicates life. Walking with God makes it simple. Sin just unravels everything, and it's hard to put it all back together again. Picture the conversation. Lot comes running up to Abram. Abram! Did you see the sheep we're getting? Abram, look at those camels. And look at uh, those donkeys. Abram, those Egyptian slave women? My. I think one of, her, one of those ladies' name is Hagar. <laughs> I'm sure Lot was excited. But when Abram went back to the tent, and there he sat alone, with all his possessions around him, and an empty heart, did it mean anything? There are those who have so much of this world, they they have it all, but inside, they don't have the capacity to enjoy life. You see, in this portion of Scripture, there are no altars, there are no visions, There are no encounters with God. God's, as it were, out of the picture from Abraham's perspective. He's not praying. He's not seeking. He's not walking with God. When our faith falters, we falter. Life becomes empty and it becomes complicated. Things lose their sense of joy to us and for us. Well, Pastor, we're making a lot of money, and someday we'll start coming to church. Well, you know, we're so involved in all of these things, it's great. What's happening to your children? What's happening to you on the inside? 
Is it worth it? Is it worth it? My third point and final one. Here's the good news. Here's grace in the midst of Abram's disgrace. Verses 17 to 20. But the Lord inflicted serious disease on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me, he said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? And so I took her to be my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men. They sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. You may be out of God's plan, but you're never out of God's hands. There's times in our disobedience, we walk outside of the plan of God for us. But be assured, God doesn't let us go very easily. He's still holding on to Abram, even though Abram is not that aware of God. It's amazing how God will often get people out of situations. Now listen, don't always bank on it. Sometimes he allows you to suffer. Sometimes he allows you to reap what you've sown. But in Abram's case, God steps in the life of this new believer. And he intervenes and he sends the plague to Pharaoh. God's watching over you when you don't even know it. God's keeping you from going here and going there. That relationship that you had with that individual could have gone too far had not God stepped in. You know where you could have been. You know where you should have been. Had your emotions and feelings taken you where you wanted to go. But but God. And God intervenes in the life of Abram. He sends a plague to Pharaoh. But he does something for Abram. God sends a rebuke to Abram. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Abram, one thing the Egyptians don't like is liars. Abram, you lied. He lied. Imagine how he felt being rebuked by Pharaoh. Imagine how he felt as he was being escorted out of Egypt by the soldiers and the guards, and they were taking him and all that was with him into the, back into the promised land. But you say, preacher, wait a minute, wait a minute. He went out with a lot of goods. He went out with all his possessions. He didn't do so bad in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Don't always take the blessings of God and the faithfulness of God in your life as a vindication of your lifestyle. And I don't know how much a blessing those things were. Because later on in chapter 13, you know what happened? Lot and him had a confrontation. Their herdsmen had a confrontation because they had gathered so much in Egypt that they couldn't dwell together. And where does Lot wind up going? To Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know, when he was in Egypt, somehow he developed a liking for that community. 
Because the Bible says when he looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, they were like the well-watered plains of Egypt. We impact others by our disobedience. You take others along with you. Sin is not a private thing. It's a communal thing. It impacts everybody around you. It impacted Sarai. I don't know how she felt in that harem. I don't know how many days and months that she may have been in there. But she knew she didn't belong to Pharaoh. She belonged to Abram. I don't know how Abram felt when Pharaoh, in front of all of the community that Abram had with him, said, why did you deceive me? God said to Abram, Abram, you're going to be a blessing. Well, he was a curse to them. He brought judgment on them. It's a horrible thing when a Christian, when a believer, who's called to be a blessing to this world, becomes a curse to it. Some people, when they see us act and watch us live and we have contact with them, if they knew we were believers, they wouldn't even darken the door of a church. Are you a gossip? Are you a backbiter? Are you an individual who contradicts your testimony by your lifestyle? Abram would remember for a long, long time that stinging rebuke. Come back with me. Look at that gallery. There's that picture of Abram. Walk a little further here. Now, there's your picture. Now, the paintbrush is in your hand, and the paints are there. What are you painting? What's the journal of your life? What portrait are you painting? Are you painting a life filled with faith and belief and trust in God? Or is the painting that you're painting, the portrait that you're painting, a lapse of faith that you'd like to take off the wall and throw in the garbage? I ask you, isn't God faithful? I'm so grateful that he includes warts and all in the portraits of men and women who have gone before us because it gives us hope. God doesn't use perfect people. He uses imperfect people who trust him, who believe in him even when they falter along the way. See, God's not finished with Abram yet. Thank God he's not. Because someday you're going to see this man stand and he is going to give you another portrait, a portrait of God the Father offering up God the Son in Genesis chapter 22. You're going to see him shine as a great man of faith. But he has feet of clay. And so do you. But the answer is this. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. 
See, God has never taken his hand off you. Stop going down to Egypt because God is faithful. Thank you for joining us again today as Dr. Ed Jones continues to take us through the life of Abraham here on Building in Faith. In the book of Genesis, we learn that God called Abraham to leave everything and, amazingly enough, he did. Abraham followed God because he was holding on to the hope that the promises God made would happen. He didn't see how he would ever even have one child, much less a whole nation, nor could he see the land God was promising. And there was no way he could ever imagine that one day Jesus, the Savior of the world, would be coming from his line. We know looking back that all of those things did come to pass. Is God taking you on a walk by faith into the unknown? Has he called you to do something that is bigger than yourself? What are the promises he's made to you? Do you believe that like in Abraham's life, God will fulfill every one of them? We would love to be a part of your faith walk here at Building in Faith. If you need prayer as you step out in faith, give us a call at 845-462-5955. Again, that's 845-462-5955. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we want you to know how loved you are by the Heavenly Father you're following. If you'd like to listen again to today's message or hear other teachings by Pastor Ed, you can do so at buildinginfaithradio.com. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. But tune in again next time to learn more about Abraham right here on Building in Faith. Your word